welcome to episode three of the Dance Cultura podcast. In this episode, we interview two pillars of our home dance scene in Toronto from the Etowaku Latin Dance Company. They co-founded the company in 2013, which specializes in Dominican bachata, salsa on two, and mambo. They are known for their incredible technique, body movement, and pure flavor when they dance. They had a very successful social called Damatu Bachata for over four years here in Toronto and have achieved all of their successes through pure blood, sweat, and tears, and they will not be outworked. I dare you to try. We were so inspired listening to their story and cannot wait to see what the future holds for them. We are pretty sure you know exactly who we're talking about. Please welcome Kimberly Ramos and Giovanni Ricardo. Here we go. Thank you guys very much for being here. We are very grateful for your time. Uh, Likewise, likewise. We're super grateful. Thank you for inviting us. Uh, We're good, you know, as good as we can be with uh, the situation that's going on, you know? Thank you guys so much. Super grateful to be here in this space with you guys. Very excited. Let's start with some questions regarding your backgrounds. Kim, where are you from? I was born and raised in Toronto, but uh, my dad is from the Dominican Republic and my mom is Colombian. Colombian. Okay. Have you ever lived in any of those two countries? No, I've never lived in either. I visited, I visited uh, Dominican Republic more than I visited Colombia, but uh, always lived here. Gio, what about you? As well with me, uh, I was uh, born and raised in Toronto and my parents are of Colombian and uh, Guatemalan descent. Wow. Yeah. I actually never thought you guys were both born in Toronto. Oh, yeah, born and raised. Yes, born and raised. (laughs) North York, Jane and Wilson. (laughs) Seriously, that's that's where I was born and raised for most of my life. So much pride. (laughs) Oh, I'm very prideful of where I grew up. What was your uh, relationship then with dance growing up, being born in Toronto, but having that cultural influence? Well, for me, dance and music was always very ingrained in uh, my life. My parents actually met about 33 years ago, dancing. They wow. met at, yeah, they met at El Rancho, which is still, no. you know, yeah, which is still around today. Um, it's one of the longest running Latin clubs in the city. And wow. that's where my parents met. My dad was actually taking part in a merengue competition. And my mom <laughs> saw him in his shiny shirt and was like, who that's is man. this man? Wow. Look at that. <laughs> and so um, they've always made dance and music such an important part of my life because that's how they met and they are big dancers big music buffs do they still dance to this date you know in the kitchen when while they're cooking oh my god all the time randomly all the time all the time yeah all the time when i'm over i always see them dance there's always (laughs) (laughs) what about you uh jill dance has been like a really pivotal like standpoint or role in in my life ever since I can really remember because both of my parents um coming from Latin background it's it's just a part of your culture right um and from ever since I can remember every weekend you go to a different family friend's house and music is always one of the dominant things that unites Latin culture it's always been there. Even at home, my mom was always playing music, yeah. always dancing. It, when cleaning, it, oh, know, cleaning, the house? cleaning the house and dancing. Saturday, oh, always have to clean and dance. Saturday morning at 9 a.m., cleaning had to start 
and there was no way that we could start cleaning the house without music. Without music. Yeah. Never. <laughs> was that Never, the same? Ever. Was that the same at your house, you? Yeah, it was always Saturday morning. Uh, yeah. I don't remember what time. I just know. <laughs> oh, that. I remember. Is this a Latino family thing? Yeah. Saturday yeah. morning. It is. It is. Saturday morning. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. It's, it's like going to church. It's, oh yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's the, sacred. It's definitely the the unwritten law for Latinos. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Saturday morning. There's no sleeping in. It's no, always, no. They there's wake no you up with the loud music yeah. and clean. Oh, yeah. There's wow. no cartoons. There's nothing. You cannot do anything else but start your day with cleaning. You have yeah. to do your chores, and then once you're done your chores, you can then you're free with That's the so rest funny. of your Saturday. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. That is amazing. <laughs> Anything else that you want to share to you? Or is um, yeah, no. I mean, like, although like cleaning also was such a big part of it, uh, I think that through uh, having music on while you're cleaning is one of those pillars too because that's you know you had your mop your broom and you'd be dancing with your broom and mop every saturday morning you know 100%. the salsa merengue bachata. your first dance partner yes. oh yes. oh yes 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 and it's uh fine to me these days especially sure. now i think yeah i mean my first dance partner was my broom and well, <laughs> To this day, during this time, it's, it's also my, my dance partner right now. So <laughs> It's true. Kim, how and why did you choose dance as a career? And did you have to give up something else to pursue this? Choosing dance as a career was a very interesting journey and path because I never envisioned that that would even be possible for me. Mm -hmm. um, again, I've always been for those that don't know, I've always been a very shy, introverted person. So when it came to dance, I would enjoy it, but very internally. It was right. very much for me when I was in the comfort of my room. I never thought, oh yeah, let me do this for a living. I never mm -hmm. branched off into that. So it started in university uh, through a Latin organization that both Gio and I were a part of. That's actually how we met. And dance was just very much a part of how we got through university life it was like okay oh, we're yeah. getting together in between classes and music was playing and you would just dance with your friends Correct. from there we got introduced to this i don't know how to call it this latin dance world the salsa world that we knew nothing of at the time <laughs> and once we got immersed it became an addiction became something that we absolutely love to do and here we are now, you went to university. What program did you study? And did you ever work in that field? Yes, I studied history. That's what I graduated in. Mm -hmm. I specialize in ancient history, ancient Greece, Egypt, and Rome. And I worked for the government for about wow. two years. And I left my government job to pursue dance. Wow. Full time. So I worked for uh, Passport Canada, Citizenship and Immigration, you know, desk jobs. There's not really much movement going on <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. from there, I was also dancing on the side, more as a hobby, and then Correct. it became full-time. What about you, Gio? Uh, well, for me, dance was, uh, it was very much like 
ingrained in culture, like I said before, and growing up with it, it was it was always something that brought a lot of joy in, in my life. And I was very much an active person growing up and I was very athletic. I, I played a lot of different sports. Mainly it was uh, soccer, uh, what we call football, and uh, basketball. And I played at a provincial level for soccer. I had my sights on, on playing some type of professional sport. Uh, first, every Latino kid dream yeah. to play I think football. so. <laughs> that was my dream too. Yeah. <laughs> but the, but the interesting thing was like I I was actually more inclined to want to play basketball than soccer. It just so happened that I had more abilities in soccer and at that time of course um, it runs in your veins. <laughs> <laughs> my my parents I don't know if on purpose or not they they found that they found more things that had to do with soccer at the time so mm-hmm. I was just exposed to that sport more I did really well in it uh, because I was really disciplined and I loved it and I was a very active kid I had gotten like offers to go to different universities to the states but uh, for certain you know financial situations I ended up staying in Toronto and I ended up going to York University I was really sad about that but I know that life has its ways of weaving in and out and and you got to kind of go with the flow and figure out what you're going to do next right so Mm. so i ended up going to york i first came in as an undecided major and then i went into kinesiology i loved movement so naturally i went into a field that had to do with fitness and i got into uh personal training strength coaching training athletes because it was the next closest thing and then I, I came across this organization that Kim was talking about before, uh, the Organization of Latin American Students, OLAS. And I was in a place that I can identify with my people that are my culture, and I loved it. And I'm a very social person, and I'm extroverted. In the case total you... opposite of me. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up dancing, but nothing like professional, but I loved it, right? And I guess once I got into university, I started taking more of a, a liking to like dancing and finding like different cool moves to learn and stuff like that. Once I got, you know, <laughs> I got into this organization, I ended up becoming the uh, marketing director for quite a few years, naturally because of my personality type. Your and outgoing personality, Gio. Yes. I've always wanted to learn how to dance. But my only challenge was I didn't have the right inspiration in the Toronto community at the time to actually start taking classes. And then eventually just one day, I I mean, after, and I'm sure Kim can tell you the story, after Kim started uh, taking some lessons. And much convincing later. I'm open, but sometimes I can be very hard-headed. <laughs> <laughs> Kim's nodding. <laughs> Um, but, but once I was open to that possibility that, that uh, yes, you know. yes, yes, that possibility, I ended up starting to take classes and first it was just to learn dancing because I wanted to get better at it. And, you know, naturally I really got into it and I started to really love the dance and the challenge of, of learning more and excelling at it. It got to a point where we had this opportunity to start to grow the dance community. But that's, that's really how it started. And I was in university and I was, uh, I was personal training and I was training athletes. So did you ever work in the field? You started that career and then you, have to, you had to give it up to, to pursue your, your dance dream? I, I mean, like even to this day, like I don't do it as much as quite, but I think it's been like 12, 12 13, 13 years. years, 13 wow. years. Um, and I was doing, I excelled at it because I love training and, and movement. Oh, again. he's really good. 
Yeah. Weren't you known as the Booty King building? (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Whenever I I delve into something, I go all in and I I get, I guess, obsessed with becoming the best at it and and mastering it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, it it really ties into dance in terms of like the fitness and, and being active. And I don't think I had to fully give it up. I had to slow it down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Once I realized that I wanted to get into the the dance field, but dance and fitness are so interchangeable. So you yeah. know, he's he's yeah. managed to still find that keep balance. Doing or, it, yeah. Yeah, I have a question for both of you because both of you have mentioned that you never envisioned yourselves doing what you're doing now, right? No. Was there a specific moment in your journey when you decided, okay, I really need to do this because it's my calling? is something that I truly love and I must do. You know, I don't think that there was a specific moment, but I do believe that for both Gio and I, when we first started dancing and we really delved into it and we got into, you know, not just learning about it, training, but started traveling as well. I think that's when things changed. For me, what really sort of switched gears was when we were dancing on a team with Gustavo who runs uh, Mouse Thursdays. Mm-hmm. If you know Gustavo, he's been also around in the dance community for a very long time. He had a team at one point. Gusto Dance Company. Yeah, Gusto Dance Company. Well, yes. And we traveled or had the opportunity to travel to Turkey with that team. And it was wow. our wow. first. In university. I was still in university. Um, we had the opportunity to travel to Turkey and we attended one of the biggest dance festivals around the world at the time it was the istanbul dance festival Mm. international dance festival and we went to perform there with this team and that was when we first got exposed to how large of a dance community and global of a community this this is actually is because before then it was just very local it was very toronto we never saw much outside of that or we had been exposed to videos but being exposed to videos is very different from being exposed to it in real life. So when we went to this event and we saw the caliber of dancers, you know, some of the most amazing top dancers in the world that you had only seen in videos, YouTube videos at the time, we saw them in person and we had the opportunity to train with them. And I think that was when things changed because first that's when I realized that dance you know transcends everything it transcends barriers and language language and countries yeah seeing everyone share in the love and passion for salsa bachata for dance for the music the culture that's when i was like okay i have to do this because Mm. i am so deeply connected to this music this is me you know and i would always joke about it and say well i'm dominican and colombian so i have everything in my blood Mm. you know what i mean i have merengue i have bachata i have salsa everything is already there you know Mm. so for me it was super important to make a difference in the community to leave my mark and to share that passion and that love so it became so much more than just learning how to dance or doing it for fun, it very much became a a passion and a calling to want to transmit that energy and that love for music, for dance, for my culture and what I grew up with, with the world. That's amazing. Gio, was there a moment for you? I'm not going to touch on the same one that Kim touched on because she already spoke on that, but that was a really big turning point for me in my life to see the love and appreciation for a culture and see 
how it impacts people on a global scale. Because before that, I had seen it on YouTube. Uh, I'd yeah. seen people all over the world, and I, it was amazing to witness so many people from so many cultures dancing this dance that I grew up with. But to be able to experience it when we went overseas the first time, it really opened up my eyes and it really lit a fire in me that I don't think any other experience would have been able to do had it not been for going outside of the country. Because for me, I just thought, okay, this is, this is a Latin cultural thing. Yeah. And of course, I've seen videos and people dancing, but it, it doesn't hold the same weight, significance, and energy towards you until you actually experience it and you're there. Because there are things that cannot be said with words. and It cannot be expressed through words. No, no um, you have to feel it. You have yeah. to be there. And yeah. that event had 5,000 people, G. Wow. Right? So, so 5,000 this... people from all walks of life, all over the world. It was in Turkey, but there was people from everywhere in Europe, North America. That was the biggest event we had experienced up until that point. You know, so. The craziest thing about this event that I'm really trying to put it into words so yeah. that you guys can go on this journey of what it felt like to be there. Imagine you have all these idols that you look up to on YouTube or whenever you go online and you're like, man, that guy is freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This guy is out of this world. That woman has no spine. I don't know how she dances. <laughs> In the dance world, you'll see maybe four or five of the top, some of the top dancers at any given Congress, right? And mm -hmm. then after yeah. you have ones that are still amazing. The medium ones. And the then, media, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you have different levels. So imagine going to an event, first of all, Turkey, who would think? And, and, yeah. and the crazy thing was that like, we were in two continents because we were in the middle of Asia and Europe because <laughs> Turkey true. is divided into two, right? It's <laughs> true. Which is real. that's a different story, but it was really a, a cool like experience. So you go to this event and there was at least 20 top dancers oh, in the yeah. world. Yeah. So the Mambo King is there. Eddie Torres Ooh. is there with, with Shanita Almora, which is a dance partner. Yeah. And you have Rodrigo and, and Selene, Franklin Diaz. You have Frankie Martinez. You have Johnny Vasquez. You have Ooh. Michael Fons. Wow. You have Juan Matos. You have... Uh, Amneris Martinez. Amneris Martinez. And the craziest thing was that when you went social dancing there, there were people from Turkey or people from Italy, and then experiencing what we experience at home, and there are great dancers at home. But the level of dancing there is... Listen, the first night of social dancing, I just saw this random, and like I mean it in, in the most like <laughs> loving way, this random Italian guy that, first of all, they're dressed to the nines. They're super yeah. fresh, like super fly. This guy, I thought he was Cuban. The way he moved, his, the, the quality of movement and stuff yeah. was just like out of this yeah. world. So that was the shift. It impacted me so much. It pierced my soul that I could not stop thinking about that experience that I had. That at that moment, I said, I have to do this. The way that I was, I was impacted that moment, I wanted to be able to share that with other people. What was most beautiful about the social dancing experience at that festival was it was our first time interacting with dancers who appreciated, really and truly appreciated the culture and the music in a different way than is experienced in North America. Now, what I mean by that is 
you would walk into the Congress area. There would be, I think they had about seven different rooms, Cuban salsa, you know, traditional bachata, you know, modern bachata at that time because we didn't have sensual uh, salsa on one, salsa on two. So they had the, you know, rooms for different, you know, subsects of salsa and bachata. But if a Cuban song came on, even if it was an on two or on one dancer, they were dancing casino. Mm. If it was an on two song, they were dancing on two or mambo style. So one dancer would be able to listen to the music and interpret the music in completely different way based on what the the intention of the song was. And that was something that was so different from here because if you dance on one, you dance on one to every single song. And the same style. Yeah, the same style, the same intention to every single song. Whereas, and that's something that we've realized, you know, with time as well as we've traveled more in Europe, that's a big difference is that there's a different appreciation for an understanding of the music and dance where they interpret the music based on truly what they're listening to. Yeah. But was that an inspiration for your training as well? Because oh, yeah. something that differentiates you guys from the rest of the instructors in Toronto is your style and body movement, which yeah. I don't think you guys had that standard to look up to and to train from locally. So how did you develop that unique style and flavor without local instructors? A lot of time and money spent. <laughs> <laughs> we have put in a lot of time to train with some of the best instructors in the world. Uh, Whether that meant, you know, privates when we traveled to different events, whether that meant online training, Um, we have invested a lot of time and money to make sure that we train with the absolute best. One thing that Gio and I were always on the same page about was we don't like to waste time. When Mm -hmm. it comes to being the best at something, we just like to go directly to the source of what we consider to be the best. We took countless of privates with some of the best. Mm. Um, We did Rodrigo Cortazar's franchise team, and we brought that here to Toronto, Los Anormales. So we Mm -hmm. trained with Rodrigo extensively. G can speak on his experiences, but he trained for years with Franklin Diaz online. So Mm. we've done, you know, our fair share of training and still to this day, invest thousands of dollars per year to train with the best even if it's online that is amazing see is there anything to add we were very inspired and there are a lot of amazing amazing schools and instructors here each school has a specific and unique quality to them that that continues to inspire so many people for different reasons and dancing whether it's for community or to belong to something greater or to uplift their spirits but i believe that what we were looking for was something greater than than some of those qualities and we do have mentors that we started with here in in toronto and it would not be possible for us to be where we're at right now if it wasn't for those people as well 100 i guess my philosophy growing up was always being hungry and always continuing to learn my biggest thing is that there's always room for growth no Mm. matter where it is here's the thing the one thing that i would always feel the most frustrated about was having these ideas in my mind of how I wanted to express myself through my dance and through my movement, 
but not having the understanding and ability to be able to create that on the dance yeah. floor. Mm. Wow. So for me, and I've spoken with Kim, and we've talked about this for years, it has been that pursuit of growth and mastery and excellence yeah. through our dance. Wow. And that's uh, why we've, we've looked elsewhere. And we know that we only have a certain amount of time, time. in this lifetime. Yeah. And mm. the best way to maximize yeah. that is to be able to look for the people that are doing it at the highest, highest level. level. Mm. Yeah. Something that I just want to mention is how you both felt about that discrepancy between how you want to look and the abilities that you guys have, because that's yeah. something that everybody Everyone. talks about, whether they're starting dancing, whether they've been dancing for you know, three, yeah. five years, they all feel the same. I still feel the same. Yeah, me too. Oh, I still so, feel the same. And we know that I'm 10 years into dance, you know? Yeah, crazy. That feeling, I don't think, I don't think away. that feeling should ever go away because that feeling keeps you motivated to always want to learn and grow. Ajil has an amazing saying that he says about that being blissfully, blissfully being dissatisfied. Blissfully dissatisfied. Mm. Yeah. Do you want to get into that? Because I love it. I love it. And it speaks to exactly what we're talking about right now. So blissfully dissatisfied is something that one of the people that I look up to in the, the self-development world says. His name's Ed Milet. He has a podcast as well. I highly recommend it for you guys. Talking about the idea that you can be grateful and feel joy and gratitude towards the achievements you've accomplished at this moment in time with all the work that you've put in, but also at the same time understanding that you have that dissatisfaction in the sense that you're hungry to learn more. And I think that this is one of the concepts that I've instilled, but I've struggled with the most for years because I felt, if I felt content or I felt some type of bliss towards the things that I've accomplished, then maybe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become complacent. And that was like one of the, the biggest fears that I had that, oh, if I feel this way, I'm going to stop when I stop learning. But actually, it's the complete opposite, mm -hmm. you know, giving yourselves those markers and, and, and uh, giving yourself that, that, uh, that ability to be able to enjoy that moment of what you've accomplished and being proud for that doesn't stop you it actually elevates you to continue to work hard if your goal is 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 to want to get better for example when you eat right like if you have um i apologize for my vegetarians but if you have a delicious let's ice say cream, steak let's, <laughs> no, 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 no. let's say let's, let's say ice cream right we have two scoops of like a big two scoops of ice cream and you have your first lick of ice cream It, it tastes amazing and you want to enjoy that moment. Like, oh my God, this is phenomenal. If you had that and, and if you don't enjoy that moment, does it mean that you don't want to have another taste of the ice cream? Mm. No, of course, you're going to want more of it because it yeah. tastes so good. Right. Yes. So yes. that's the analogy that I like to use in, in terms of being blissfully dissatisfied. It doesn't mean that because you're blissful in this moment and you're, you're happy and proud of what you've accomplished, it doesn't mean that you're going to stop. It's actually going to drive you more if that's your intention, right? Yeah. But it has to be an intention that you create. Yeah. No, that's a good saying. Yeah, I like it. Um, so let's switch gears because I'm curious on the next phase of your dance journey. What was the transition like from having that experience of, oh my goodness, we have to do this. I'm going to leave my government job. I'm going to leave personal training. We have to do this. Transitioning from students to instructors and starting your own thing. What was that journey like? So 
the journey was very, very interesting because it was more out of a necessity rather than like us being like, okay, we're going to start teaching. Yeah. Um, you know, like when we left our last uh, dance company that we were with, which was Gusto, we had the opportunity to actually join another uh, school uh, because they were because there was this uh, competition that was going on. Yeah, the Toronto Bachata Congress at the time was hosting a bachata competition. So they were hosting this competition, and I told him, "Listen, there's somebody that that asked us if we would be interested in joining their competition team for bachata." Uh, I said, "What do you what do you think about it, Kim?" And she's like, "We could do that, but why don't we just?" start our own team and, and try it out. So you were the originator. <laughs> I, I was actually, interestingly enough, I was. Yeah, I was like, we could, but what if, and this is a crazy idea, but what if wow. we just start our own team and we compete in this competition? Mm. And for me at the beginning, I was like, hmm, you know, I started to think and it just kind of <laughs> planted this seed in my mind. But I said to Kim, you want us to choreograph a, a routine? Like, do you think that's even possible? Do you think we can do that? She's like, yeah, why not? It's <laughs> like, we can Planting do it. In the confidence. A hundred percent. See, it's a Latino thing. Just go for it. So I don't know if, if it was like confidence or it was something else. But it, was, it was. It was. It was confidence. Right? I'll so, go with Dali. It was confidence. Yeah. So it was this confidence and... And we decided, okay, so let's let's do this. And then we're like, okay, so who's gonna be on this team? You know? So we rounded up some Latinos from the corner. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we did the we, next best thing. <laughs> no, no, no. The best thing actually. We, yes. We had uh, some of our our good friends that were dancers as well too that we had been teammates with. Yeah. And we asked them, hey guys, like we have this project that we're working on that we'd like to do this bachata competition. Are you guys interested? We would love to have you guys a part of this because you guys are like our family and we gel so well. What do you guys think? And they're like, yeah, let's do this. And out of there was where we started, like we had to make a name for ourselves. Don't you know, share it, dude. Don't share it. Oh, share it. Share it. Yes, share it. <laughs> So we were coming up with different names and originally you name, came up with it yeah yeah originally the name of the company was going to be Afrovimiento so all right so it was going to be a mixture between afro and, and movement, movement and movement, movement right mm-hmm. and we're like okay yeah and then, but Kim wasn't like fully 100% convinced <laughs> and and all in with that and just one day she didn't say anything and she's like okay I think I got it what do you have I'm like, what do we got? She's like, I have the name. I'm like, I thought the name was Got Got already, you know? Like, <laughs> I thought we got Ouch. the name. Ouch. I thought we got it already. Did I like, hurt no, no, you? No, no, no. No, no, no. Well, I mean, at first I was kind of yeah. like skeptical. I was like, when she, so she said, yeah, Arawaku. I'm like, what? Ado, what? I, mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Avocado? What? What is this? <laughs> Avocate? What? Avocate? What's going on? Like, and I was like, no, no, hear me out. I'm like, okay, we're very much about the roots and the yeah. origins and bringing it back to culture, yeah. to our history, to what music and dance and what we've lived is about. So I came up with this word because I thought it would be super cool. And I'm always about being a trendsetter. So is Gio. And we like to go against the grain and be different. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to go with just a traditional dance name for our team. I wanted it to stand for something and to be something that was so unique that even if it was difficult for people at first to understand or to be able to say it, 
I knew that it would be something that would catch on. It would be mm-hmm. very specific to our brand. And so I said, well, listen, the Tainos, the natives of the Dominican Republic, that's my culture. That's the roots. That's the essence of who I am and the essence of bachata ultimately. So I chose this word from the Taino language. I think it's dope. I love it. It means the sacred people. So it brings us back to tying in culture, music, yeah. and the roots. And he's just like, I love it. Like, it's like, you're just, brilliant. I love it. I don't know how to pronounce it, but I love it. <laughs> That's like the whole process of yeah. how it got started. And then why we started teaching was once we did that competition, first of all, we were ill-prepared. But this is a part of the growing pains, right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Of yeah. learning yeah. And, and, and self-assessment. We, we practice, we practice, we practice. But the first time that we actually did the routine was at the competition. So we actually did the first show. The debut the was the competition. Which we came second. We were like, wow. going, I think like 0. 0. 0.5 or 0. 0.5 points out from first place, which wow. was, a, was a big accomplishment for us. Considering <laughs> this is our first choreography with like our, our friends, our, our debut, the Latino way. That's, oh a, that's the Latino way. You put something together, you do it. That's it. <laughs> Yo, string it together. And what happened was there was a uh, judge, his name's Rodney Aquino. Shout out to Rodney from uh, San Francisco. He liked what he saw, he really appreciated it. And he said, Listen, guys, I think you guys have a lot of talent and a lot of potential. I would love for you to come to my. Uh, my festival, which Whoa. was in, in Las Vegas. He's actually one of the first originators of Wachata Congresses in North America, yeah. I think, wow. around and in the world as well, too. Yeah. Uh, so that was our first uh, gig outside of wow. Toronto. Yeah. And that was really the first time that we had actually taught as Arawaku. Yeah. Mm. We hadn't even taught in, I mean, we taught like the choreography for our team. Yeah, but, but we, we hadn't taught in Toronto. As Arawaku. As Arawaku. Wow. Wow. You debuted in Vegas. So we debuted in Vegas. <laughs> our teaching, How, yeah. However, I do have to know really quickly that our first dance company that we started learning from, which was Oscar Naranjo, which is my big brother. I love him. Yeah. Um, Latin Groove Productions. Latin Groove Productions. He had left for a month to Ecuador, which is where he's <laughs> yeah. from. And he's like, hey guys, uh, you guys want to teach while I'm gone? I'm like, <laughs> like uh, uh, sure, uh, let's do it. Why not? <laughs> so that was like our first time, which was a couple of years prior, that we had started our teaching in dance, per se. But as Arawaku, it started there. In Vegas. Were, were we prepared? I don't know. Sometimes don't know. you got to throw yourself in the deep end. Mm-hmm. and yeah. you gotta learn mm-hmm. um, but if you're always waiting to perfect something and be perfect at it you're never going to be ready yeah and yeah if there's fast. anything that i learned from this process is you're never gonna be fully 100 percent ready because mentally you're always gonna question certain things right mm-hmm. yeah so yeah you gotta just delve in of course there is a process yeah you know, there's a very pro- there's a process where you should be prepared i'm not saying that you just go in there blindly not knowing what the heck you're gonna do and just yeah do it. but there's always gonna be that fear that maybe you're not ready enough that's how we, we got into teaching and then we developed ourselves because we didn't want to feel unprepared so you almost feel like you have to over-prepare to make sure that you're prepared. That you're prepared, yeah. You know what, now speaking about the preparation that goes behind the progress and the accomplishments that each of you individually have achieved, can you guys tell us about what goes behind the scenes? How do you guys go? How do you guys stay motivated? 
-hmm. How does that look like? A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. (laughs) (laughs) Motivation comes from constantly learning, constantly growing, always being students, um, and having that mindset is we never, ever, ever stop learning. There is not a day that Jill gives me to rest. (laughs) (laughs) Personal trainer mentality. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. It's just every day there's a message. Kim, I have this brilliant idea. Kim, there's this video. Sends me a link. Kim, take a look. Kim, there's a song. It's just, you know, he's very much the one that's all in Mm 24-7. I am... The opposite, I like balance in my life. So I have my spurts where I go all in, but then I need to, you know, revert to do something else. But um, yeah, just the consistency of pursuing growth has helped us stay motivated. And we don't ever stop training. We Mm -hmm. don't. We train in many different aspects and training, not just in the dance sense. We educate ourselves marketing-wise, business-wise. We read books. Uh, We watch videos, we take our online classes and we train with, you know, our mentors and our instructors. So it's pretty much an everyday thing from the moment that we wake up and G and I get together, it's Mm. dance, dance, dance until we go and we teach our classes and we run practices. It's a full out seven day a week affair. (laughs) All right. So let me see if I'm understanding all this. Every single day you guys get together to train? Uh, we do about three to four times a week. A week. Every time you guys get together, how long do you guys train for? It depends. Roughly on average? Um, like physical dance training, two to three hours. Okay. Wow. Not including the teaching and the practicing that we do. Individually, Kim, how many hours a day do you practice and do you practice every single day? Uh, I do not practice as much as Gio, I can tell you that. <laughs> I'm being so open and honest. Gio, like I said, is the you know energizer bunny. I value balance. So mm-hmm. when I'm not with Gio, I like to take my time to read, to study, to train in other dance styles as well, if I can take a class here and there. On average, I would say maybe a couple hours a day that I would practice on my own if I'm working on building a class or coming up with ideas. Otherwise, I just chill. But Gio, on the other hand... It it all depends, right? It does. Because it goes in like waves depending on time of the year, what's being done, what needs to be done, whether there's choreographies to be made. Apart from physically practicing, I also learn in different ways by being inspired by other styles and dancers. So do I. I I, I look at how people perform, how people teach. I love to see people's teaching methodologies, people's choreographies. From a personal training perspective, I always love to be able to dissect the different parts of choreographies um, Mm. or like the process of teaching that people have because each um, has its own skill set, you know, Mm -hmm. to teach to dance socially, to perform, mm. uh, you know, to be able to transmit those different things, have different qualities, right? Yeah. So always looking at learning from those different aspects. So I would say like on average, like on a slow week, I'll, I'll practice on my own maybe eight hours. Slow on week. A, yeah, slow, slow week, week is eight hours. <laughs> and then like, and that's physical practice. That's not studying and like doing research. Yeah. And when I talk about research, I also talk about history, education on yeah. dance. 
I'm talking about dance specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, then if we're talking about when I'm actually practicing, we'll be like 20 to 25 hours. So it just depends. It depends because it's, it's always it fluctuating. Does. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're in the middle of traveling we're practicing every single day together like we're meeting every single day pretty much to prepare whether it be workshops or for shows that we have to perform but we like to prepare in advance any material that we put out whether it's our weekly classes or whether it's our workshops we always prepare in advance or try to mm-hmm. as best as possible you know with the time that we have preparation is key yeah for sure it's just uh keeping that um this book I'm reading right now, it's like a book on um, Buddhism that talks about the beginner's mind. You're always a student, always a student mm-hmm. first. And the minute that you think you don't have to learn, is yeah. that's your downfall. Yeah. I, I don't even consider myself to be like this teacher. I just share information that I'm learning as yeah. a beginner. That's pretty much it. Wow. And I feel like you two kind of balance each other out in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's like introvert, extrovert, but I mean, you guys have been working together for how long? Like almost 10 years? So we've known each other for 14 years now and we have been working together since 2011 when we first started partnering for other dance companies. Mm -hmm. And then in 2013, we started our business and like official dance partnership when we started the company. What's made you guys want to work with each other for this long and invest in each other for this long? Because it's a journey to be a dance couple. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to get real. (laughs) I'm like, listen. Uh, I'm stuck. There's a contract. (laughs) It has. has, Okay. To be honest, it was not easy Mm. when we first started. And the reason why it was not easy when we first started was because we were an actual couple at the time. Mm. I don't know if many people know that anymore. I think people. I think everybody has has like heard heard about it through the grapevine. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a myth. It's a myth. It's a myth. Yeah. (laughs) It was all a dream. It's been confirmed, you guys. (laughs) We were when we first started. We were a couple at the time, and that comes with its own challenges because when you're trying to be successful in a business and non-romantic sense. It's very difficult. Some people can do it. And there's people in the dance community that have succeeded at it for decades. Most people, however, find that, you know, this challenge resonates with them. It's difficult working with your romantic or significant other because emotions get involved. No matter what, no matter how you try to compartmentalize, if something happens in the romantic partnership, it's going to trickle into the business and dance partnership. So At the beginning, we butt heads a lot because we had different mindsets as well in terms of how we like to work, you know, and how we like to, you know, pursue different goals. So it was sort of navigating those new waters of how do we make this work? Like, how do we succeed? Like, in what we're trying to accomplish. And I think that definitely took a turn and a shift once we just became friends because we found our way of working together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we understood each other more things didn't come into effect as much and that's when i and i know i speak for g as well uh really started to see a shift in how we were able to grow and progress in the dance and business sense for sure 
it's difficult, right? Because just to navigate a, a, a relationship on its own is it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then throw in being in a relationship with that person that you're dance partners with. And I don't know if you've noticed, but if you ever go to like <laughs> dance classes <laughs> or like anywhere, if you ever see a couple trying to learn to dance together, oh. like, you see the frustrations. You can see oh, the yeah. frustrations. And because you have this comfort level, this yeah, um, it's way more personal mm-hmm. because the lines of how far you take things are different. They're not defined. That's the thing. Yes, that's the thing. Because, yeah, because you have this comfort level with your partner as a romantic couple yes. that it gets ugly sometimes. There's so much. Oh, oh yeah. And tension in the couple, I'm like, holy crap. Okay, let's maybe separate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we've encountered that even as, you know, as instructors, or we've had couples in our class where it's like, okay, so I'm just going to get you to dance with With me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can help you work through things, and then you can dance with Gio so that you guys can work through things because you can see the building frustrations, Mm -hmm. and it's very real, even Mm -hmm. having experienced it firsthand. It's different. And that's the thing about dance, that it's learning how to dance exposes you in a way that many things in life don't do at such a fast pace. Yes. Vulnerabilities. The worst, so, but also the best. Yeah. The so worst, yeah, the so the so there was those challenges for sure that we had. Um and dance is is like parallel to growing. It's it's a parallel to life. I always talk about it. So when we got to the point where we decided to just become friends, at first it became it was a little bit odd having to work together. But then afterwards we were able to kind of navigate the waters yeah and then then we realized you know what like it's better that we're we're good friends and and business partners and this works a lot better Mm -hmm. and not only only was it a lot better for us to work together it was a lot better for everybody around us yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah there's always ups and downs like anything Mm-hmm. It's, it's always a process and it's always a process of learning, but it's also a process of two people understanding and listening to each other. Yeah. So that's why we've been able to do it for such a long period of time. Yeah. And also I have to add, um, Gio's one of my best friends and he's also a pillar of motivation and inspiration and support. He's always been. Um, he's a very, very positive like person. Mm. And he is, I always see he's like a coach, you know, he's, he's a hundred percent through and through a coach. So his way of motivating and inspiring others to become the best versions of themselves is unlike anything else that I've ever experienced with anyone else to have that, you know, pillar of motivation and inspiration in my life has been one of the most important pieces of the puzzle in terms of mm. my own, like, uh, personal growth and journey. So as much as I want to strangle Gio sometimes, truly, because, you know, he can be, again, a little OD, like he's very, you know, <laughs> up here all the time when I just sometimes want to be down here, you know, um, I love him. I love him for that because there's no way that I would have accomplished as much as I have accomplished through my insecurities and my doubts like even when it came to dance if it wasn't for Jill so that's important you're putting putting all that love I appreciate that Kim you're awesome every once in a while Giovanni's you will get it (laughs) Kim started the conversation today with Ill looking at you (laughs) (laughs) this is a nice full circle moment you see there is we caught it on camera Kim you can't take it back oh no I don't it's fine there's multiple sides to this coin. Uh, guys, we're very thankful and grateful for you both taking the time to 
to talk to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very excited to know that you guys continue growing and continue pushing for more. What are your future plans for projects or how do you guys envision Arawaku in the future? Talk a little bit about those future plans for the partnership. So uh, what are our future plans and our vision? So to take over the world. (laughs) (laughs) Secrets out. I'm kidding. Uh, The biggest vision for for us and I think I can speak for Kim as well is to leave a legacy. Yes. You know, it's not about the dance. It's definitely something much, much bigger and much more impactful for me. Growing up, you know, you go through your challenges and things that you see, and then you see the pains that other people and family members and good friends go through, and you never want to see people go through those things, you know? And then by environment, sometimes you lose belief in yourself or of those that are around you. So this is to create inspiration, to create impact, not only in our city but around the world and the bigger vision is to show people that with hard work with focus with consistency and with love you can accomplish anything that you want to accomplish in your life so for me when i'm getting better and i'm growing this community i'm getting better as a dancer it's not about me at the end of the day it's not about me i know that i, I can agree. be i can hit a certain level of dance but if it was just on me and me becoming me, 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 that's selfish, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it's about creating that feeling of possibilities for people that whatever you put your mind to, and this is transcending dance. I'm, I'm talking about life in general. It's whatever you put your mind to, if you focus on it and you work hard at it and you are open to the possibilities that life has in store for you, anything is completely possible. It just so happens that that dance is one of those platforms that we can share our love and appreciation of life in a different way yeah. that different things can can accomplish, you know? Yeah. Because I believe, and Kim and I were talking about this before, dance really breaks barriers of countries. It does not see race. It does not see identity. It does not see gender. Yeah. It does not see pains and pleasures that you have. It welcomes everything and anyone that's willing to want to experience this together. And it's such a uniting yeah. um, art. Yes, right? it's, it is. It brings community together. It brings people together, no matter yeah. background. And so much more than that dance, like from the instructor perspective as well, we have seen how dance has saved people. It really has, you know, and, even people that have spoken openly to us, you know, about their own experiences of how dance has saved them, whether health wise, emotionally, mentally, you know, doesn't matter. Whatever struggles people are encountering, dance is truly an outlet that saves people because it brings people back to life in a way mm-hmm. that um, not many other art forms can, or, or if they do, it's not as united in a sense as, as dance because there's other art forms that are very internal, whereas dance, as much as it is internal, it's still external because of the form of connection. Mm -hmm. And so being able to connect with people and interact and build something so wholesome is so important. And I think um, that's really our mission when it comes to our company. It's so much more than just dance or teaching people how to dance it's very much about a transformative experience to help people become better versions of themselves you know to change people's lives and to really inspire and motivate people to know that 
anything and everything in this life is possible, no matter what. And Amazing. I think that that's the most important thing when it comes to sharing any mm. anything with the world is to to want to make a difference and to want to be the difference. And that's very important. There's no way that you can make a difference if you don't make a difference within yourself. Within first. yourself. So, Amazing. I mean, dance for me as well too has, I don't want to say save myself, but it has, you know, it's gotten me through a lot of tough times. Uh, when I'm happy, I dance. When I'm sad, I can dance. Yeah. When, even listening to music you know what i mean like there's so many different layers to dance it's so beautiful nothing has to be said you just you just express express that's the whole purpose behind wow, it. I love i'm it. inspired are you guys motivational speakers on the side too <laughs> geo is <laughs> i swear after after every mambo monday workshop i can see people coming up to him and geo's just like spouting for another half an hour oh you know? yeah Everybody's geo's just, just going in yeah. oh that's um, such an inspiring yeah. message you guys i i can't think of a better way to end the podcast than with that message because I think it speaks volumes that your goals are not revenue-based, are not that you want to have this many people sign up for your classes in the not next five all. years. It's more that you want to impact the lives of people so they can be better versions of themselves. That's so inspiring because it's it's beyond dance. It's it is. a really, really powerful statement. And where where can people connect with you and find out more about what you guys do? Yeah, well, you can connect, actually, you can connect with us on our website, which is- yeah. Uh, Arawaku.com. That's A-R-A-G-U-A-C-U.com. We also have our platforms on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Arawaku Latin Dance Company. Same thing for Instagram. And if you want to personally see all the craziness that Kim has to do, you have Kim uh, underscore Arawaku, I believe. Yes. And then mine is Giovanni Ricardo. That's with an E double N Y. And that's how you guys connect with us. And please, we love to hear people's point of view, how they feel about things, their experiences, and how we can make a difference in this community. So we love to hear from you guys. 100%. Gio, Kim, thank you very much for this. It's been such an experience. You guys are talking about creating an experience for your students. You guys have catered an experience. This is a full experience for us. And, um, (laughs) We, I, we've learned a lot from you. Annie is right. You guys are very inspiring. And thank you. Thank really, you. Really, Toronto is very lucky to have both of you. So lucky. You know, being part of us, uh, being part of this community. And thank you for your work, your hard work to better this community. It's showing. And, and again, thank you very much for that. And I'm so excited for where you guys are going to go. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? (laughs) Thank you guys. guys. Thank you so much. Uh, We're super grateful. I know I'm super grateful for you guys. I don't, I don't think that Toronto is, is lucky. I think that it's the other way around. We're really lucky to be a part of such an amazing community. So we are for us. I feel super blessed every day. So thank you guys. We hope that you found this episode as inspirational as we did. We learned a lot from them. Stay tuned for our next episode. It will be a fully Spanish episode with two incredible artists from the motherland of salsa, Cuba, baby.